Hello and welcome to another installment of Conf Tea with URC. A quick reminder that the thoughts and opinions expressed here are our own and to please consult with Cisco TAC or Cisco Certified Partners before implementing any of the recommendations made on this show. I am your host, Brian Young, and today on episode 11, we're going to be talking about collaboration within Cisco. Joining me today, as always, is my uh, co-host, Joe D. How's it going, Joe? It's going great. How about yourself? Doing great. And also joining me today uh, for the first time on Conf T with your SE is the YouTube sensation, Cisco Sal. Uh, how's it going, Sal? Hey, Brian. Good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Um, definitely uh, appreciate your, your hard work on the YouTube channel. Uh, recommend anyone check it out. I'll put a link in there. Um, so you can get a couple more views out of there. But uh, Sal is a member of our team uh, servicing the uh, greater upstate area, uh, greater upstate New York. Uh, Sal, how long have you been with Cisco? Uh, I think this July is going to be about 13 years, so kind of a long time. <laughs> wow. So you started when you were three. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, fantastic. We brought um, Sal along because uh, along with his uh, long experience here at Cisco, uh, he is, uh, on our local team, one of the experts in collab, and it's also one of the topics that Joey D covers uh, very uh, extensively as well. So, guys, um, I, I'll have to admit, collaboration within Cisco is probably one of the areas that I try to avoid the most. Um, I, I, you know, I just, it, it doesn't... It just doesn't click with me. I can the rest of it. I can handle data center, enterprise routing, security. That's that's all well and good. But when it comes to phones, and we start talking about SIP trunking, and and you know, I think SIP and POTS is about the only thing I know. Um, so I'm really gonna lean heavily on you guys um, uh, as far as you know what we have to offer. So let's start, I guess, from the top, right? So let's kind of go over what we have to offer uh, from a collaboration standpoint, right? Cisco calling. Um, getting a dial tone, right? We've got a lot of hardware. We've got a couple different hosting options. Uh, Sal, can you kind of uh, explain to us what we have today and, and what we're offering? Sure. So, you know, Cisco's bread and butter for, for the last, I don't know, almost 20 years. I think we acquired Celsius back in 1999, 2000. Uh, we rebranded that product to call manager, and then it turned into communication manager. And that's still kind of our bread and butter today. That's our on-premise phone system offering. Uh, we're on version 12 and version 14 should hopefully be out maybe in the next six months or so. But uh, basically, what we're what we're doing now is we've got that on-premise offering, but you know, cloud is the new hot thing. So we've had cloud calling now for maybe the past two years. Uh, actually, I'll take that back. We've probably had cl- cloud calling now for almost eight or nine years because we really started with the HCS. So mm-hmm. a couple different options for cloud calling. The original one was HCS, hosted collaboration, and that was via the partners. So basically what the partners would do is they would set up their their data centers with communication manager for each tenant and everything would be hosted by them. And then your phones would register directly to the partner and you know your PSTN access could be on-premise. It could be uh, via the HCS cloud where the gateways would be held. So, you know, we started dipping our toes into cloud really before a lot of these other vendors were even out. And then a couple of years ago, probably about two years ago, we started getting into WebEx calling. Uh, we'll call that WebEx calling 1.0. And again, that was a pure cloud play. So you, you get your phones, you register them to, at that time it was actually called Spark. You register them directly to Cisco and Cisco took care of your PSTN access, your dial tone, all that stuff. 
Fast forward a little bit, um, about a year ago or so, we acquired a company called Broadsoft. They had a huge cloud calling operation, so we acquired them. And now the WebEx 2.0 platform is actually the Broadsoft engine powering all that in the back end. So, you know, we still have all those all those options. We still have Communication Manager. We still have HCS. That's that's going really strong now. And now we have this new offering, WebEx 2.0 or Broadsoft. Wow. See, this is why I avoid it. <laughs> no, it, it seems like we definitely have a lot of options. And I guess when it comes to phones and calling, right, there's definitely different use cases there. Um, whether it's just uh, you have public area phones or desk phones, you have conference rooms, um, or you have mobile devices. And then, of course, you've got your calling centers, right, whether that's um, hard calling center with actual devices or soft phones uh, that are just software-based uh, IP phones that just run on uh, a laptop computer, right? That could be run anywhere. We have a play in all of those spaces, right? Correct. So that's so that's what makes it such a such a you know a complicated uh, piece of Cisco because there's just so much uh, there to offer. Um, so I, I'd like to touch upon the the calling center piece with with the Broadsoft uh, acquisition. Can we can we touch on that a bit? Sure. Yeah. So the Broadsoft acquisition was pretty interesting one so you know we we've had the hcs offering where the partners would host everything in, in the cloud and that's that's still going strong and every, a lot of people like that because it's actually communication manager that's up there so if you are moving from an on-premise phone system you know cisco has like 65 percent i think it is maybe maybe even more today of the on-premise going to hcs is a easy transition because it's communication manager you're kind of used to it a lot of the, the phones and everything still work uh, Broadsoft is a was a new acquisition and you know a totally new phone system in the cloud, but it's built for scale. Instead of having to have the partners build out uh, a tenant system for everybody, the Broadsoft offering is you know Cisco's data center. It's this big shared platform out there, and you know it's a lot easier for us to scale and and spin things up for customers. But it is a, a new environment for everybody, so it's not going to have the same communication manager features like an HCS would have. It's it's going to be able to do things a little bit different, some stuff a little bit better, some of the newer technology um, that's out there. It's going to be able to do a little bit a little bit easier, uh, but it is a different beast. It is a different animal than previous versions of uh, things like communication manager. So beyond Broadsoft just being able to offer that PSTN access for you know individual users like that, um, do we do they offer a? Is there anything that we can do in terms of like the calling center offering that Cisco has? Yeah, so for a contact center, we've got a couple different options for there as well. We've got uh, if you're you know if you're talking on premise like we've we've had again for the last 15, 20 years, we've got the contact center express offering that's scaling up to 300, 400 agents. We've also got the enterprise offering again on premise type offering. Uh, those again can be used in the cloud via HCS, and then with the acquisition of Broadsoft, we now get CJP, which is a customer journey platform. So if you want to be completely hosted. You can with with the Broadsoft for WebEx 2.0 offering. It could be your full phone system and contact center. Uh, or you know one of the nice things that Cisco is doing, and you know no one else in the in the industry is really being able to do this, is offer a hybrid type of approach where, hey, I may want my mission critical phone uh, equipment on premise, but maybe for some ancillary services like my contact center or like my WebEx, I want to do those in the cloud. And we're able to bridge that gap between them and we're able to do, you know, maybe phones registered on premise with a contact center in the cloud and WebEx on cloud. Or 
you know, sometimes you, you need to mix and match too. You're standing up new offices and you want those all cloud, but you want your main headquarters still on an on-premise phone system, you know, being able to dial between the different entities, you know, we're going to allow you to do that because we, we have control over the premise infrastructure and the cloud infrastructure. Yeah. And that's, that's a great point because a lot of our customers, you know, we deal with SMB, mid-market, we have a lot of customers that have, you know, branch offices with two or three people. So instead of having them run, you know, a SIP trunk or POTS lines out there, you just get them connected over the internet uh, via cloud and they can connect back to their, you know, on-prem headquarters with that hybrid approach. Very cool. So whether it's a large calling center or a small one for an SMB, on-prem hardware, uh, at-home software, or a mixture of all of that, uh, looks like we've got a solution for them. Very cool. So let's transition a little bit into kind of the hardware, right? So we've talked about the services, the the, the back end, right? Whether that's um, call, call manager or whether that's uh, contact center, we're going to have a couple different options in terms of the types of hardware that we have to to use uh, for you know our customers, right? This is the um, this is the aesthetic stuff, right? This is the nice and pretty stuff. So. Um, as much as it can be difficult to try to visualize some of this stuff, let's kind of talk about what our options are in terms of endpoints, right? What do we have? So from a phone perspective, we've kind of simplified things over the past couple of years, and we really have two endpoints. We've got the 7800 series endpoints, and we have the 8800 series endpoints. And the big difference between the two, the 7800 series are going to be all black and white, and they're going to be your typical, you know, how many how many buttons do you need? How many line appearances do you need? One, two, four. You kind of pick your phone based off of that. And, you know, to be honest with you, the 7800 series isn't going to provide a whole lot than probably what everyone's been using over the last 20 years. You know, they're going to have a um, monochromatic black and white screen, maybe a little bit larger than your previous phone system had on it. It's going to have mm-hmm. a voicemail button on them. They're going to have a mute button, conference button, those types of things. So beyond the 7800 series phones, we also have the 8800 series phones, and that's going to be more of our flagship model of phone from Cisco. So they're going to have their line appearances on them, just like the 7800 series phone. But the big thing that the 8800 series brings is things like color and video and Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. So there's different variations of the 8800 series phone. Uh, you can get the ones without video, without Bluetooth on them, but at least you're getting color, you know, because it is it is 2019, and sometimes you know the color just looks a lot nicer than uh, your standard black and white phones that you've been using forever. But we can also add in a 720p camera on the top. We can also add in Bluetooth. So the Bluetooth is probably my favorite feature of these phones. Uh, it's like walking into your car in the morning when I got my phone in my pocket. Someone calls me. I use my steering wheel controls and you know, I could pick up the call, I could talk to them via that, and I could hang up right right from my car. Walk into my office in the morning, my phone, again, could be in my pocket, I throw it to the side or whatever, but Bluetooth pairs with the 8800 series phone, and if someone calls my cell phone, I don't have to change the way that I work to go digging around looking for my cell phone. If I have a Cisco headset on, take the headset off, put the phone in my ear, you know, I don't have to worry about any of that. Uh, call comes in on my cell phone, it looks like another line extension on my 8800 series phone, and I just pick up my desk phone like I normally do throughout the day, and the call is is pinned to my cell phone, but it's coming through my desk phone. 
And the other, you know, kind of reverse function of that is if I need to make a call out, you know, some people, I don't like them knowing my work number or it's a personal call and I'm calling my kids and, you know, they know my cell number. They don't really know my work number, whatever the reason is. You can actually place a call out via your cell, but you're still using your 8800 series phone. So you press the second line on there and it'll say like sales iPhone or whatever, Brian's iPhone. You place a call out be able to look through your directory and everything all that stuff will be will be linked in there so that's that's a really nice feature of the 8800 series phones and you know they can also have on them an expansion module i know you know some people the operators they still love to have the million buttons the 8800 series phones you can you can have your sidecar still on there if you want and then kind of the last big feature of the 8800 series phone is there is one model that has wi-fi on it so if you're in the situation where you have power, but you don't have a Cat 5 or Cat 6 drop to that location, you can actually use Wi-Fi with the desk phone, and it'll communicate with Communications Manager via the Wi-Fi. So that's kind of that's kind of the portfolio. Uh, there is also, I didn't mention, there is a, a, a lower end line than the 7800 series. It's the 6800 series. Uh, you guys might come across those on Cisco's website. The thing to remember with those phones, and the reason I didn't bring them up, is they are a Broadsoft only phone or a WebEx calling 2.0 only phone. So they don't today, don't know if that's going to change or not, but today they do not register with Communication Manager. They only register to Cisco's cloud platforms. Very good. Good to know. And I'll tell you, I'm really excited right now because I did not know about that Bluetooth feature. I, I knew I knew they had Bluetooth, and I've connected my my headpiece or my, my, um, my earpiece to them. Uh, to be able to just use my own Bluetooth headset for uh, you know for my regular Cisco phone, but I am looking forward very much to going back to the office with my phone and linking it up over Bluetooth because I did not know you could do that. So that's really cool. Um, so thanks for sharing that one, Sal. You just uh, there's a there's a you heard it here first, folks. The conf tea with your SC uh, uh, life hacker tip right there. Um, <laughs> so. All right, so we talked about the phones, but um, we, let's let's dive a little bit into the video stuff, right? Video, I know we use it every day. Um, right now, we're on video um, over WebEx uh, so that we can kind of visually see each other as we're as we're recording this. Um, video has really become very commonplace for us. I mean, I, I don't even want to say it's the future because it's it's really become commonplace here, um, and I think it's starting to gain some traction. I know we can, we can come across some users that have some reservations where. I don't know if we're ready for that. People don't like to be on camera. Um, I think once you start actually using it as part of your normal everyday thing, um, it becomes almost second nature. Uh, and you kind of, when you make a phone call, especially internally, Cisco to Cisco, and I make that phone call over video and that person decides to answer for audio only, it's almost disappointing, right? Because it's like, no, I want to have that face-to-face -face with you. Um, and it, it, I think it um, helps us communicate that much better. So what do we have in terms of the video stuff? And I know, again, it's, it's kind of hard to uh, describe over audio only. Uh, we do have a link. Uh, what, is, what, is the, um, what is that website, Project Showcase? or what is it? <laughs> Close, Project Workplace. Okay, close enough. Project work, Workplace. Um, we'll, send, we'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, really gives you visualization of all of the products that we're going to talk about in just a moment on, um, you know, the size, what types of room they're good for, type of deployment. Um, so let's go over kind of briefly what, what, what we have in terms of uh, video for different different sizes. Yeah, sure. Um, and I know you mentioned a lot of the key features of why video is great. You know, you pick up a lot of the 
facial gestures and you're making sure that they're paying attention because if you're on a, just an audio call, you know, I could be reading, um, writing, typing, mm -hmm. and you wouldn't be able to actually pick that up. But having that, Joe, actual, how would you know I was flipping you off if I wasn't on video? Well, you, you would I just never always know. assume that you are. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's kind of the great thing about video. Um, and it used to be super complicated. You know, you had to completely remediate a room, install acoustic panels, uh, make sure there was correct lighting and paint colors. Um, so Cisco has, you know, over the past two years, I'd say we've released, you know, pretty much refreshed our entire line of video endpoints. Um, we have the newer ones, which are the RoomKit Mini and the RoomKit series, which are just pretty much a video bar that goes on top of an existing display. Um, and you pretty much audio, automatically audio and video enable that room. Um, and then obviously we still have our, you know, IX series, which is our immersive series, which pretty much dedicates an entire room with three huge displays and cameras. Um, so we kind of hit all the sweet spots, um, as well as our desktop series with our DX, which is just a desktop video unit that can act as a second monitor. Very cool. So, and, and everything in between, right? We have, we have solutions for huddle spaces. Um, we have, um, we mentioned the large conference rooms or boardrooms where you can, I love those IX because if you, if you, if you're connected with someone else that's got an IX, it basically looks like they're in the same room as you because it's so life-size. Um, but we have, uh, we have different models for, and configuration guidelines for things like, um, conference rooms and auditoriums, um, boardrooms, you know, large, small, two person, four person, 20 person and, and more, um, different microphone configurations and accessories uh, basically to turn any room into a uh, first class uh, conference room. And the, the, the room kits are really cool too. So you have, we come across a lot of customers um, that have already made an investment into a room because they're like, Hey, you know what? They want to go and buy that 70 inch Samsung TV, right? They really want it for that boardroom. And then the video conferencing almost becomes an afterthought. And then they come to us like, hey, what do you got? I already got this big TV. What do you got for us? And a lot of times they'll go with other, you know, the, the, they'll go the cheap route, right? Where they'll have a computer in the corner with the, the, the Logitech camera on the top and the, the, the wired microphone strewn across the desk or hanging from the ceiling, right? And again, the more of an afterthought it is, the poorer of an experience that you are going to have in terms of, you know, not only just the person on the other end that's got a, that can't see you because... They're, they're so far away from you because the Logitech camera, whatever camera you got, is not a you know variable focal that can't zoom in on you. But also from the user's capability when they're going in there, how do I place a call? How do I get on video? How do I, you know, how do I do this and that? We've got a lot of cool, um, cool things coming out now where we've got uh, push one button to join a meeting. And we even have some uh, voice activated stuff, right? Where we can just walk in and say, hey, WebEx, join the meeting and we're up and running, right? Is that yeah, easy now? Yep, exactly. So we've, we acquired a company called MindMeld back in 2017. Um, they're a big AI company. We've integrated a lot of that into our video units. Um, we use NVIDIA Jetson um, processors, which is a lot of the same thing that self-driving cars use. So like you said, you can just walk into a conference room, say, okay, WebEx, start my meeting. Okay, WebEx, record my meeting. Um, there's definitely a lot more features coming out, such as like, you know, voice transcription, if you want to be able to take notes for the meeting um, and hand it off to someone after the meeting's ended. That's awesome. And I think that's important, too, because the least amount of friction you can have into getting a meeting started, the easier, the easier it is, the more that that service will be utilized, the more you're going to get that boardroom and that conference room utilized and actually get some value out of the investment that you've made. 
I can tell you many, many times I've been in um, meetings and conferences where, you know, they're using X, X vendor for this and X vendor for that. Um, and the meetings always start five to 10 minutes late. We use WebEx internally day in, day out. Our meetings start on time. I, you know, it's, we've, we say this a lot internally. If you're two minutes late, we're wondering what's going on. Like, it's, it's, yep. un, it's very abnormal for someone to be late to a WebEx meeting because of the fact that it's meant to be um, intuitive. And um, I would highly recommend, if you want to see any of these products, again, go to Project Works, Workspace, uh, which we'll put in the link. And then also talk with your account team. Uh, talk to them about uh, going to... A CBC is that what we call it now, or EBC now? I forget. Yeah, I think they're interchangeable. <laughs> C- well, we got C- the, might be CXC now. The uh, oh. the EBCs are usually out in San Jose. Those are the bigger conferencing centers. Then the smaller ones, like the regional ones, would be more like a CBC customer briefing center. And the EBCs are the executive briefing centers. So I mean, you could bring executives to either one, but you know, the super really nice ones with all with everything you can imagine. Those are going to be the ones out in San Jose. The one, the ones with where they serve caviar. Those are the EBCs. You if you if you want the uh, the Subway uh, backpack lunch, then go to go to the CBC. But my point is that uh, definitely talk with your account team. Um, check out, inquire about going to one of these briefing centers and get to see these products and play with them and get hands on with them uh, to learn more. And before we transition over to the rest of the software stuff, um, one last piece of hardware that we touched upon. Cisco makes now our own headsets. In fact, Sal, you're using one today to, to speak with us uh, on this on this podcast, correct? I am. So hopefully it sounds good. So, you know, I, I've been doing the collaboration game for a while. And one of the biggest headaches that I've had is when people start using these USB headsets with Cisco phones, you know, Cisco makes an update on their phone, the USB headset still works, but things like the volume control rocker, you know, usually with the, with a USB headset, they give you this little like hockey puck looking thing and you could change mm-hmm. the volume. You can mute your phone. You can start a new call or you have it directly on a wireless headset to like end a call, answer a call, things like that. So usually what happens is like, you know, not to, not to put Jabber or Plantronics down. They're, they're great. You know, I still use a lot of their headsets, but they they make an update and it doesn't work with a certain firmware version of, of a Cisco phone or Cisco makes an update and it doesn't work with the firmware that's on the, the Jabber or Plantronics phone. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of times in the past where that's bit me a little bit and we had to figure out a, a stable version on both sides that, that worked together and played nice together. Uh, now Cisco said, hey, you know, we're going to come out with their own endpoints. And the nice part is they actually pull their firmware from the phone. So if you make a change on your desk phone, everything's been certified, everything's been tested together. You plug your phone in, it may need to do a firmware upgrade if you if you update something, but it's going to work and you're not going to have any issues on that. And Cisco came out with some, what I think are pretty really nice headsets so we've got these standard wired versions you can get them with the usb or you can get them with the little rj9 adapter on the bottom of them if, if you want uh, we also have some wireless versions available and the wireless are really cool there's a single base station which is just basically one wireless device or you can get a multi-base station which you can do multiple devices connected to so if you have a couple different things that you're trying to use your headset with like maybe your iPhone and maybe your PC and maybe your uh, desk phone, you know, you can pair it to like three devices at once if you wanted to and your, and your headset is still wireless, not connected to any of those devices. So you can, you can have that, that feature, that functionality with that. 
Uh, one of the really cool things that I didn't know I needed until uh, I plugged in the headset and it did it for me uh, was something called Side Tone. I had no idea what Side Tone was until I plugged in a USB headset into a Cisco phone and all of a sudden I started hearing my voice through my earpiece. And it's, it's quite a different experience when you can do that because I'm used to just, you know, putting on a headphones and a headset, especially the dual ear ones, and you don't hear anything else. And it's kind of weird because you're not used to that. When you talk, you know, you don't have headphones on, you don't have something covering your ears. And, you know, it, it's just, it's weird when that happens. But by injecting the side tone in, what it does is it takes your voice and injects it into the earpieces. So it's the earpiece are still blocking out all the outside noise. But when you talk, it's almost like you're in a room by yourself because you still hear your voice just like you would without a headset on. So I thought that was a really cool feature that, that made me really excited about the USB headsets that, that Cisco came out with. That's really cool. So you're not yelling into the into the microphone uh, because exactly. you can't hear yourself. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, and another uh, cool thing that I thought was great was how it has LED lighting, um, which will pretty much indicate if you're in a call. You know, red if you're in a call, green if you're not. Uh, how many times have you been in like an open office space where you're on a call and someone just comes up and starts talking to you? Um, yeah. So this kind of helps. You know, we know a few people that. like that. Even if yeah. I tell them I'm on the call, they'll still keep talking to me. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it'll it'll uh, it, it won't do anything about those. I think one of the coolest features I like about these headsets um, is that how many times have you been in a situation where you've muted your headset because you hit the mute button on the hockey puck, right, on whatever brand? Then you also muted the WebEx, and you're now double muted. Because you want to make sure that you don't talk. But then you have to go and actually talk, and you unmute one, but you forget to unmute the other, right? We run into that a lot. I, I, it's, it's funny how I, even in, within Cisco, within the internal meetings, we'll, we'll have someone that's like, oh, sorry, I was unmute. Um, this is cool because when you press the hardware button, mute button, the WebEx soft button also gets depressed or vice versa. If I press the, web, the soft button, the hardware gets you know unmuted. Um, which of course indicates uh, to everyone else like by the showing of that little icon um, whether I'm, I'm muted or not. So I liked that capability where you cannot uh, accidentally double mute yourself um, because you know mute on a hardware button or a soft button, it's the same thing. Uh, I thought that was actually really cool. That, that was one of the things I liked. And it's actually coming across uh, a lot of the other products as well. I see uh, on the uh, MX units that I'm using here that when I press mute on the WebEx client that the light turns red on the microphones, which is, which is pretty cool. So we keep mentioning WebEx. I think it's time that we transition into WebEx and what it is. We've talked about um, WebEx calling, and then, of course, everyone knows WebEx has a meeting. Um, we also have WebEx teams. There's a lot of things that fall under this WebEx umbrella. So let's kind of unravel this uh, mystery here and dive into what pieces make up uh, the WebEx ecosystem. So Brian, yeah, that was a that's a really good point. You know, WebEx is this this big gorilla, and a lot of people don't even understand exactly what what is WebEx. Is WebEx a product? Is it this overarching thing? You know, what what is WebEx? You know, I'm used to doing WebEx meetings all the time, and a lot of, and that's what a lot of people equate WebEx to is just going on your PC and doing you know a web meeting. But what WebEx is, it's it's actually this umbrella of products underneath it. So yes, we have 
WebEx, as probably 95% of the population has done before, you click on a link and you open up a web page and you have a WebEx meeting that takes place. That is actually called WebEx Meeting Center. It's a product under the WebEx umbrella called Meeting Center that, that everyone equates WebEx with. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond that, there's also other variations of that. So we have something called like Event Center, WebEx Event Center, and Training Center, and Support Center. And those are all different products under the um, under the same kind of WebEx umbrella. And then there's also WebEx Calling. So where Meeting Center is really focused on these, you know, kind of free-for-all type of meetings, like, hey, you know, let's have a 1,000 people go into a meeting or 30 people Screen go sharing, into a whiteboarding, stuff like that. Right. Screen sharing, whiteboarding. Anyone can take control. Anyone can share their screen. You know, I might set a couple rules, like saying, hey, everybody mute upon entry. People can go in. They can unmute their phones. You know, they can do things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then you look into some of the other products, and they're, and they're kind of tuned for specific things, like Event Center. Event Center is a really cool application because you could have a participant panel, and none of the people coming in can really do anything. They're kind of just locked in, and they can listen, but they can't share their screen. They can't go off of mute. They're just there viewing what's going on and what the panelists are, are talking about. So the panelists would be the only people that could actually talk. Um, you can raise your hand as a participant, and one of the panelists can go in and say, oh, looks like we have a question uh, from the participant list. Let's unmute you know, Joe Schmo's phone, and, okay, Joe, you're live. Ask your question. Uh, there's Q&A sessions that can be done inside there. So Event Center is more set up for maybe the larger meetings where you want a lot of control. And you know, same thing goes for Training Center and Support Center, You know, Training Center, you can have like breakout rooms. So it's really structured a little bit different than that kind of free for all meeting center uh, type of experience. And, you know, a lot of times the way that WebEx subscriptions work is you get access to all these products. So you have them. A lot of people, you try to use meeting center for everything, but if you need a little bit more granular control, you know, don't be afraid to use event center. Don't be afraid to use training center because there's a lot of cool features that um, you can utilize that are in there. Then underneath that same umbrella there too is, uh, I guess, two other parts. You've got video registration. So I could actually take a Cisco video endpoint, the ones that Jody Atorio just talked about, the room systems. I can register those directly to the WebEx cloud. And that's, that's what gives me a lot of those uh, really cool features like, like, okay, WebEx, start my meeting. And you get that WebEx assistant type of feature by registering your video endpoints to the WebEx cloud. And then the last part of it would probably be the WebEx calling component, uh, and that's really the Broadsoft engine powering that, where I take my phones and I register them directly to WebEx, and you know the Broadsoft engine, the back end is is powering those phones and allowing you to make phone calls. And then the last thing to probably talk about is, under the WebEx umbrella would be Teams. And Joe, do you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. So WebEx Teams is our soft client that enables you to do you know, audio calling, video calling, as well as persistent chat, file sharing, file storage, um, in-app whiteboarding. So it's kind of like an all-in-one application um, that you know enabled via WebEx. So wow, we've, <laughs> and again, this is why I stay away from Collab. Okay, so we've got the WebEx teams for your uh, collaboration, instant messaging, uh, presence, file sharing, um, projects, uh, working together on projects. I know we use WebEx team for collaboration on 
these podcasts, right? Every time we, we come up with a new episode, a new outline, uh, a new space is created. I bring in the people that are going to be working with me on that episode. And we keep that that space open until the episode is published and then, you know, eventually archive it, right? Um, and then, of course, as you said before, we got meeting center, training center, uh, event center. Event center would be really good for something like a um, earnings report, right? I think Cisco uses event center for their earning reports um, every, every quarter. Um, very good for... Um, you know, doing like a, a very large event or training where it's primarily going to be audio in, and video in one direction with a few people that may be able to like raise their hands as panelists and stuff like that. Um, we, we do have the capability of, uh, through Cisco, of having live moderators with these, with these particular meetings, right? I, I came across a customer that was looking into that and I didn't even realize it. Um, but we do have the capability within Cisco to be able to... Um, offer up live uh, people as, as moderators of, of meetings if you do have a big event like that, right? Correct. Yeah, there, there's, a, there's a service. It's, it's paid for service, but you can have a, basically assistants come in. They're real people that will help you set up these meetings and everything. So, you know, I've, I've got a couple people that utilize it for really large meetings, especially for setting those ones up where you do like one a year. Yeah. Uh, it might be worth having. But for your typical WebEx-type meetings, I mean, we've made it just so easy to set up now. I mean, there's a, a plug-in for Outlook, which is the way that most people do it. And you create an invitation like you normally would, hit the WebEx ball to add it in and, and send it off. Or, you know, there's even a new way of, of creating a WebEx meeting where, let's say, you're not using Outlook or you're on your mobile phone. In the location field, you can just put at WebEx and it automatically pops populates in the webex information for you guys to dial so and then you know the join process is really easy as well if you're in a video room there's a green button that pops up on the endpoint you hit join if you're opening up a outlook invitation you click a link that takes you to the to the web page so you know for your average meetings i don't think you need a service like that but for those big huge large meetings that you want to make sure you have your panelists set up correctly and you want to make sure that people are coming in muted and, you know, it's going to be an earnings release or something like that. You know, it might be worth your while to, to purchase a service like that. Very cool. Yeah. So it's, it sounds like we've got um, an option for just about every possible scenario coming out with, uh, with the WebEx and the various products within the WebEx umbrella. Um, all right. So I think the last thing we want to touch upon here is consumption, right? Um, I've mentioned a few times already, this seems very complicated, right? There's a lot of different things you can do. There's, you know, and, and no customer, no two customers are going to be the same, right? Um, what, cust- what might be good for customer A may not fit the bill for customer uh, B in terms of they want on-prem, these person, this person wants cloud, they want hybrid, they've got more public phones, they want a lot of video endpoints, this person doesn't. And then, you know, those things can change over time too. So what do we have in terms of consumption that makes this simple? I'm hoping you got a good answer for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you're you've been dealing with Cisco collaboration for a while or for a while, you've definitely um, learned how our licensing works, especially on the collaboration front. I mean, I'm pretty sure Sal has his PhD in the older method of Cisco <laughs> licensing, um, which is very complicated. Um, so Cisco's came out with something called Cisco Flex, which allows you to consume that on-prem, hybrid, or cloud um, approach within you know one licensing umbrella. Nice. So. This is allows for what? Does this allow for video uh, device uh, registration, 
calling, WebEx meeting, personal meeting spaces, Teams, everything? What's included in there? Or is it flexible as far as you know what pieces I can add and what I, what I don't need? So, Brian, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I think the big thing that Cisco did with a flex model is we really simplified it. So if you look at the old model, and I don't want to get too much into it because there's a lot to it, but you basically... You still have PTSD from it? Yeah, I still have PTSD. <laughs> I mean, it was, <laughs> you really did need a PhD for it. Joe wasn't lying. But, you know, essentially, you buy a piece of hardware, you kind of kind of have to look up what that piece of hardware was, what type of license it required. Depending on the version you're at, it could have been a DLU, it could have been a cool standard license, it could have been an enhanced license, it could have been a basic license, it could have been an essential license. It could have been a telepresence license. It could have been a million different things. This is why I stayed <laughs> away. <laughs> so what Flex does is it says, okay, we got to do do this a better way. We got, we have to get rid of some things here. So what we're doing now is we're basically licensing you under, we could do it under an enterprise agreement. Mm-hmm. And in that case, all we care about is how many total employees are you? And not even how many total employees are you, but how many knowledge workers do you have? So a knowledge worker is basically somebody that uses some sort of computing device to do their day-to-day activities. So in a normal organization, you know, you probably got, let's say, 1,000 employees or 1,100 employees. You know, 1,000 of them are probably knowledge workers, and you might have 100 other employees that, you know, I really wouldn't consider a knowledge worker. They're janitorial staff or people that are walking around getting coffee or something like that. You know, they're not, they're not knowledge workers. So then under the new model, all we do is license the knowledge worker count, 1,000, mm-hmm. and have at it. Whatever phone they want, they can have. If they want a video device on their desk, they can have a video device on their desk. And it's basically unlimited usage for whatever they want to do. Uh, we can also add in WebEx under a similar model if you wanted to. We can just blanket the entire organization and everybody gets WebEx. Everybody gets uh, event center, training center, meeting center, You know all the WebEx goodness that uh, there, there is to offer you get uh, or you can actually do a active user type of subscription with the webex as well where you don't have to actually pay for all of it you can just pay for like let's say 15 percent of your organization that's going to be able to use webex so there's still a little bit of variableness with uh, the webex side but it's a good thing because you know typically in the organization you know 90 percent of your organization plus is going to have a phone and is going to need to have you need an ea an enterprise agreement for your phone system side of things because everybody does but right. the webex side of things not everybody uses webex there's probably a lot of people in the organization that you know they're using email they're using excel and stuff like that and they need a phone but they're not going to use webex so we've got nice models to kind of slide in there and make it obtainable for an enterprise agreement on the calling side uh, but variable rates on the webex side and this also encompasses stuff. the contact center part as well, right? Correct. Yeah. So we could do the same thing with, with the contact center. And just like the WebEx, you know, we know that in a thousand person organization, you might only have five, 10, 20, 30 contact center agents. So we don't, we don't license the contact center agents for everything. We just license them, you know, hey, you're, here's your 30 contact center agents. So it, it's nice because it's a three tier. Uh, structure so enterprise agreement on the calling side, you have some options on the WebEx side, and then you have some options on the contact center side. Very cool. It it sounds like it's uh, as as the name implies, very flexible for the various uh, customers and organizations that need to use it. Um, so no, that that sounds great. Um, <clears throat> well, I think that's going to about wrap it up. Uh, Joe, did you have anything you needed to add, you wanted to add? 
No, I think we uh, we hit everything. Very good. And uh, Sal, anything for you? Yeah, I just want to say two more things about the Flex licensing. So number one, uh, I guess why it's why is it called Flex? Like that's kind of a weird name for Flex, but Flex allows you to flex into the cloud, which is a big thing. So you could start with the same license and you could be on-premise communication manager, which you may already have today. And in the future, two years, three years, you want to go to the cloud, those same licenses allow you uh, to go to the cloud. Plus you get 20% growth within the organization and everything. So there's a lot of benefits to this Flex model. And the big thing here, and this is only going to be available for another month and a half or so. So uh, today, when you're moving models, let's say you have a communication manager today and you you bought all these licenses and they're all over the place. You're able to actually trade those licenses in and we're going to give you uh, a value toward that, uh, toward the new licensing model, the enterprise agreement, the flex model. Today, that value is a pretty good amount that you're getting back. We know, we've seen already that that value is actually going to be going down at the end of mm-hmm. Cisco's fiscal year. So if you have, if you're interested in doing these enterprise agreements, switching over to Flex, it's going to be in you know your best interest to do that before the end of July, because we know there's a price increase coming or a price decrease coming on the uh, knowledge worker transfer credits that are there. So just kind of keep that in mind. Yeah, and customers don't have to wait till their you know current software contract is over, right? They could you know jump in at pretty much any time and get that trading credit on their residual software support. Right. Good to know. So if it's something that uh, you're interested in, want to learn more about, definitely reach out to your account team. Uh, but again, before the uh, end of July to, to reap the benefits of the uh, the current uh, value of the uh, trading credits there. So awesome. Um, thank you, Sal, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to ConfT with your SE. If you have a question you'd like us to answer or a topic you'd like to suggest, please send us an email at hello at conft.show. And if you like the show, please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues and giving us a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And if you're not already a subscriber, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you can get notified when we publish a new episode every two weeks. Show notes for this episode, as always, can be found on our website at conft.show. That's C-O-N-F-T dot S-H-O-W. As always, stay safe out there and don't forget to save that config.